What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week 8 picks, as well as our top 10 and power rankings. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Give us a rating. Send me an email, Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you retweet and share the podcast with your friends. We're going to talk power rankings and national top 10. I'm going to talk a little bit about some, just some craziness that's happening as people talk about the big upset that happened this past week with Tennessee and Alabama. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, just how to think about the current state of affairs. So I'm excited. Things are a little murky. And I'll, I'll just be honest. I'm going to start with power rankings in the national top 10, and then I'll, I'll do picks after the break. Power rankings, I don't think it should be uh, a surprise when I say that Northwestern is 14th. Northwestern is 14. They're going to stay at 14 until they show me something otherwise. They got beat 42-7 to the week before, and then the team that beat them 42-7 to lost in double overtime to, quite honestly, not a very good Michigan State team. So I just – listen, Northwestern, I don't know how they beat Nebraska. Well, I know how they beat the Nebraska, but they would not beat Nebraska now because they actually have a more competent coach. Northwestern is easily the, the worst team in the Big Ten. Like, that's just – it's not – it's not even a question. Um, so that's that's where we're at uh, in in regards to there. Uh, number thirteen, I have Indiana, and I I just again Indiana. I continue to be very skeptical about their record. It's not nothing personal against them. I think they're scrappy. I think they, you know, they are. They're a. Scrappy team under Tom Allen, but they're just not very good. And they, they don't have they, – they did put up more of a fight than I thought they would against Maryland. But ultimately, they they fell short, and I just – I have doubts about them. Although I will say they get Rutgers this week, and they might end up being better than Rutgers. I have Rutgers 12th. I think a lot of that is based on some of Rutgers' wins out of conference. To be fair, though, as I think about it, as I'm talking myself into this, maybe I should have Indiana 12th, Rutgers 13th, because Indiana does have the only win against Illinois. And Illinois is pretty good, which we're going to get to in a minute. But I've got Rutgers at 12. I've got Nebraska at 11. Again, I think Nebraska has made some strides. But they're not, you know, they're not great. Now, Nebraska's not a good team. Uh, they, you know, they struggled last week uh, in, their, in their loss. And I just, you know, they, they are what they are, right? Now, they, they competed 
against Purdue. You know, Purdue controlled that game for a good chunk, but they came back. Again, good for them. They fought, but they're just not a very good team right now. They have good pieces, but they're not a very good team right now. Speaking of not a good team right now, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is not a good football team. I thought they would at least be decent. They've got I thought they'd have pieces, but again, they they're not they don't have a lot of experience. Graham Mertz is just never going to be that guy. Like he really struggled against a bad Michigan State secondary. He's just not that guy. He's not going to be the quarterback that gets Wisconsin to that kind of the the new wave of offense that you're seeing in college football. He's just not that guy. And so Braylon Allen, he's running the ball really well, you know. But Michigan State, who's not a good defense, held them to under 300 yards. That's in double overtime, mind you, right? So they held them under 300 yards. It's probably more like 250 before the end of regulation. Like they're not good. And, and they still they still were able to hold Wisconsin to 21 points and not a lot of yards. So I, I'm not sure what to make of that because I, I don't think Michigan State is very good. I think the thing to make of it is Wisconsin is not very good. They're certainly not as good as we thought they'd be. And that, that leads us to Michigan State, who I have nine. Big win for Mel Tucker. I thought Wisconsin would blow them, out, blow them off the field. They did not. Um, so I've got Michigan State at nine. Iowa, I have at eight. I have Iowa at eight for the sole reason that while their offense is awful, their defense is really, really good. I'm very curious to see Ohio State play Iowa this week. I think that is going to be a good – it's going to be a good understanding of how good Ohio State's offense really is because they really haven't faced a defense that can – that. I think can trip them up. You know, I think Notre Dame might be the only exception to that. And even then Notre Dame has struggled uh, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see the, see what Ohio state does uh, against Iowa, see if they can figure out that defense. I've Minnesota at seven Tanner Morgan looks like he might give it a go this weekend. But again, I, I was surprised at how, limited and uh, they were in moving the ball against Illinois. Um, I know Illinois' defense has become a really good unit, but surprised by, particularly in the past game, how limited they were. Uh, Ibrahim got his, but, you know, they were able to limit them to 14 points. And so Minnesota, you know, struggling. They've lost two games now uh, to Purdue and to Illinois. I have Maryland at six. Um a similar situation, honestly, to Minnesota in that Talia Tungavailoa is a game-time decision. But, you know, they, they were on the ropes against Indiana, but they fought hard and they won a game that I think traditionally they would have lost. Um, you know, being down, having the injury, having all the issues, but they came back and won that game, so good for them. Maryland gets Northwestern. That should be... Uh, a fairly easy win, I think, for Maryland. Uh, we'll talk about that in the pick section. Purdue at five. I th- I like Purdue. I have Purdue at five for the sole reason that I, you know, they lost to Penn State, and so I need to keep Penn State above them at least for the time being. 
Purdue has two losses by a combined seven points, and they're to two top 25 teams. So I'm not going to dock Purdue for that. I think I think it's very possible that Purdue ends up in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. I, I think they're – I keep saying their defense is underrated. I think their their offense is really good. They have a, a, a interesting game against Wisconsin at Camp Randall this week. be interesting to see what – uh, Aiden O'Connell's able to do, see what their defense is able to do. I think Purdue should win that game. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that again at, at, after the break. Four, I have Penn State. Penn State got dominated. Uh, they they did a good job in the red zone early, and they took advantage. But I, I, thought, I, I thought Penn State was really – how do I say this? I don't think Penn State would have won, but I thought if they had a different game plan, it would have been closer. But by the time that the the first half was over, yeah, so I think Penn State was losing by two. I think it was 16 to 14 at the half. But their defense was on the field for like 27 or 26 out of the 30 minutes. And so what does Michigan do well? They run hog wild on tired defenses and their offense didn't stay on the field and it cost them and so I think that's a tell like how do you slow down Michigan make sure that your defense is not on the field for like 45 minutes (laughs) like that's how you make sure you you don't have that problem and guess what they might have a similar struggle with Minnesota this week so that's going to be I think that's going to be a really intriguing game, Minnesota at Penn State. So uh, I'm going to be at a conference this weekend. I'd imagine that, 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 that at that conference, a number of Penn State students are going to be there. Be very intrigued to see their reactions to that game. Uh, it'll be fun to catch maybe the second half. Uh, it, I, I, yeah, I'll talk about that game. At number three, I'll talk about that game after the, after the break. Number three, Illinois. I'm not sure that Illinois might not be the most complete team outside of Ohio State and Michigan. They have a great running game. They have a competent quarterback. They have good receivers. They have a a pretty decent offensive line. And their defense is good at all levels. I don't know what Bielema is doing because if you look at the team talent composite ratings – they should not be this good. But they have beaten Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. Granted, I don't think Wisconsin and Iowa are much to write home about. But it's, you know, it's not like they just beat up on Rutgers and Northwestern and well, they didn't beat Indiana, but it's not like they've just beaten the worst teams in the conference. Like they've they've played teams with real people. And listen, Rutgers and Indiana has some real guys on their team. But right now, Northwestern and uh, Rutgers, they, they are lacking in the talent portion of their team. They really are. Uh, and so is, so is Indiana and Nebraska for, you know, for all intents and purposes. Like, at least Wisconsin has a real NFL back in Braylon Allen. And they, like, held him to two yards they held their entire rushing attack to two yards. I mean, they they are 
so much better than I thought. And right now, honestly, they have the inside track to win the West. So I, I you know, Purdue, I, you know, I think, I, I think Purdue and Illinois are the top two teams. I, in my mid-season review, I'm going to talk about who I think will be in Indy. I'm not sure who I'm going to pick yet between Illinois and Purdue, but I think Illinois is really good. They're much better than I thought. Number two, I still have Michigan. I am tempted to put Michigan number one. And I, the, the reason why I'm not is I think I'm still convinced that Ohio State, they have more paths to victory in a game between them and Michigan. And I think, honestly, between them and any other team. And that's why I have Ohio State won. Michigan dominated, and based on that win alone, I, I think you could make a real case for them to be number one. In in my power rankings, I have I have Ohio State one, Michigan two, and I'll explain a little bit more in my top ten. My top ten, um, I have Utah uh, at ten. I sorry, scratch that. I have Oregon at ten. Oregon at ten. Um, they've just been dominant ever since they they lost to uh, Georgia. They've been really really good. Uh, Ole Miss at nine. Uh, you know they've they've won all their games. They have a I think an interesting game against LSU this week. UCLA at eight, uh, TCU at seven. TCU has been really really good. Uh, good quarterback play. Quentin Johnson is a stud at wide receiver. Number six, I have Alabama. Alabama, I don't think is I you know right now I think they really don't have the receiver play that I think we're accustomed to. And I think that hurt them. And so Bryce Young is phenomenal. He's a top two quarterback in the country. But the rest of that team, particularly the offense, is not measuring up. The offensive line's not measuring up. Jameer Gibbs has been great. But even him, like, he makes the splash plays. But he's not the typical grinder for Alabama that you have back there. And so while Jameer Gibbs is probably a first round back, he's not the same. He's not a Najee Harris. Okay. So that, I think that changes the, the identity of the offense. And they don't have a big play guy. You know, maybe those freshman receivers can really start uh, Prentice and I, there's one other guy, but they're just not, they're not as good. I just to, I think just to be real uh, on, on the outside. And that's, that's tough for them. I think Alabama could easily. Run the run the gamut and win the SEC. I also think they could lose this week to Mississippi State. So I I think it, I'm I'll be surprised how Alabama goes from from here on out. I've got Clemson five. I think Clemson's going to go undefeated, and I think they're going to be in the playoff. Mostly because I think the ACC is just terrible, and I don't think anyone has the firepower to beat Clemson uh, before the playoff. So uh, it may be UNC in the ACC championship game. I could see UNC upsetting Clemson in the ACC championship game because of their offense. But I, I think Clemson's going to walk into the playoff and get destroyed by somebody because Clemson's not, they're not good enough. Their offense is clunky. Their defense outside of their defensive line is honestly just okay. I don't I, I don't think Clemson is built for 
the 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 national playoff right now. The top four have separated, in my opinion, and so I went a combination of what have you proven, but also who who do I think w- would win. And so, and I want to be clear, I'm I'm going a little different with what how I'm used to, which is based on resume. And part of it is I I just I'm I'm trying to project out of what I see talent wise, what I see different teams doing, but also trying to keep an account. Okay, who have they played? I I think Michigan. I have it four. I think you could make a case for Michigan to be one. I think you have it. You have a case to make them two. I've got them at four. I think if they had to throw, they they would be in trouble. And that's my big issue with Michigan right now. I think if they had to throw, they would be in trouble. And the three teams ahead of them, they might have to make them throw. Like Georgia has a good enough defense, I think, to slow down Michigan's rushing attack. I think Tennessee would, you know, put them in a shootout. I think Ohio State, even if Ohio State can't slow down the run, I think they would force them into a shootout. And again, there's just there's more pathways to victory for those other three teams. And so I want to see Michigan, you know, they they're a one-trick pony, but it's a it's a darn good trick. Right? Like their running game is ferocious. It's for real. JJ McCarthy, I think, has been good. But can they throw when they have to? They haven't had to throw yet. And so can they? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've I've Georgia at three. They beat Vanderbilt by a bajillion. So what? I, I I think a similar scenario. Can Georgia throw when they need to? And I'm not sure. Like they did it against Missouri, but Missouri eh. Did it against against Kent State, but eh. So yeah. I've got Tennessee at two and Ohio State at one. Before I get called an Ohio State homer, I'm just – and this is where I want to I get into something here. A lot of people are starting to compare Tennessee to 2019 LSU. They beat, or they, they beat Alabama just like uh, LSU beat Alabama. And Hendon Hooker is just like Joe Burrow and yada, yada, yada. Let's pump the brakes just a little bit. I think Tennessee could be really good. Their defense stinks. Like it's worse than Michigan State's secondary right now from from just a pure statistical standpoint. Like they're not good. They struggled, you know, Pitt is 4 and 2. Good for them. Pitt's not good. Okay? And they they have struggled with other teams. You know, LSU, granted LSU I think could be better. But they like the entire left side of their offensive line had imploded. Uh, college football nerds made that point, uh, and so LSU just completely collapsed in that game. And so I look at Tennessee, and I'm like, all right, I think their offense is really, really good, right? And Josh Heupel, I've given Josh Heupel a lot of a lot of junk. He's he's coaching his butt off right now. But listen, Alabama's offense is not as good as Ohio State's. You want, what would what would Ohio State's receivers do to Tennessee? 
like I, I, I think, and, and that's part of my, my argument here with Tennessee. A lot of people want to compare Tennessee to LSU. People have to remember 2019 LSU beat an Alabama team with a first round quarterback, uh, three or four, I think it's four actually first round wide receivers. Rugs, Waddle, Devonta Smith, and uh, there's another guy that I'm missing. Uh, I forget. I forget who it is. But, you know, either three or four first-round wide receivers, they had Najee Harris and a whole other, like, bunch of backs who were really, really good. They had, a really, they had three top 40 picks on the offensive line. Like, it was an elite defense, or an elite offense that LSU played. And they dominated the game. Right? It was close at the end, but LSU led by at least two scores for the majority of the football game. Tennessee had a big lead, and they nearly gave it away multiple times. And if Alabama could make a kick, if the kicker could make a kick... We're talking about overtime and Alabama probably winning in overtime. LSU beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Tennessee beat them in Knoxville. And listen, I think if Alabama and Tennessee played in Tuscaloosa, I think Bama wins. Also, Bryce Young was not health was not fully healthy. I, I thought he played really, really well. He was, but I would even argue Bryce Young was the better quarterback on Saturday. So I don't I'm not buying the whole Tennessee is could be the next LSU. They're not. They don't have they don't have the the talent on defense. They like just look at mock drafts. There is one projected first rounder and it's Hendon Hooker and that's it. Bama had like 8 to 10 project or LSU had like a, they had a bunch of projected first round picks. Alabama, that Alabama team had a bunch of projected first-round picks. Bama this year has some, right? I mean, Will Anderson, obviously. Bryce Young, obviously. A couple of linemen, obviously. But other than that, they they don't have their normal projected amount of first-round. They certainly don't have the projected wide receivers. And so do I think Tennessee can be a playoff team? Absolutely. Could they run, run through the SEC? Absolutely, because they have an elite offense. I'm still not buying that they are the best. Like, I don't think they're the best team in the country right now. Now, that can change, right? And it's fluid. I have Ohio State won. If Ohio State can't beat Iowa by more than a couple scores, then Ohio State's going to move down. But right now, I have not seen, aside from week one, where week one is just weird because it's the first week of the season and it's a big game and you lose your receiver in the first, you know, eight minutes of the game – like Ohio State's been dominant, and they've been dominant even when they've been clunky, and they've been dominant without their best player, and they they've been dominant with a lot without a lot of their players, and now they're getting healthy. So, I've got Ohio State one. I think this week is going to bear that out more, but that's where I've got my top ten. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with my picks for the week. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We are doing week eight picks here. I'm just going to pick the five games, uh, the the week, uh, the five games in the Big Ten. Didn't have a lot of time to look nationally. I, I will say I, I don't think Clemson is going to be threatened by Syracuse. Uh, certainly Tennessee is not going to be threatened by Tennessee Martin. Yeah, just not going to happen. I I think the Mississippi State-Alabama game, the Texas-Oklahoma State games, and the Kansas State-TCU games are all really, really intriguing to me. And I I would love to have done more of a deep dive on all those games, but I just I don't have the time. But you should definitely pay attention. But let's, let's talk Big Ten. 12 o'clock, Big Ten Network, Indiana at Rutgers. Rutgers is a three-point favorite. This is a tough game because I I think my knee jerk is to pick Indiana because I think their offense is at least a little better with Shivers and Basilak. But Rutgers has had some time to get healthy. You know, they were on a bye. I don't know if Gavin Gavin Wimsat's going to play. But more than that, I think Rutgers' defense is a little underrated. Right? Rutgers got beat up by Ohio State. But other than that, defensively, they have been pretty good. You know, they they were good on defense against Nebraska, and Nebraska has some guys on defense or guys on offense. Um obviously they you know they held Iowa to not not many you know not many yards, but everyone does that to Iowa. But I, I think I would not be surprised if Rutgers finds a way to win this game under Shiano. I think these are both two coaches that know how to coach defense. They both get the best out of their players, and they both they both teams don't have a lot of talent. It's at Rutgers. I'm going to pick Rutgers to win. I'm going to pick 20-17. to 17. Rutgers wins a low-scoring game. Yep, that's going to be what I what I have. Rutgers is a three point favorite as of now, and I have them just right at that line. I think a three point win. Purdue at Wisconsin at three thirty p.m. on ESPN. Wisconsin's a two and a half point favorite. I don't understand that line. I think Wisconsin has struggled with lesser teams. I think Purdue is better defensively. I think I think Purdue is going to stretch Wisconsin offensively through the pass. I think Charlie Jones is going to be a big playman for them. You know, Charlie Jones right now is averaging over a hundred yards a game. He has nine touchdowns in seven games. He has been their do do it all wide receiver, and I, I think Purdue's defense is going to make life really hard for Graham Mertz. And if you pressure Graham Mertz, he's going to throw interceptions. So I I like Purdue to win. I think Purdue wins and they get ranked next week. I, I've got Purdue winning thirty-five to to twenty. 
I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. So Purdue wins by 15. Also at 3.30 on the Big Ten Network, Maryland is at Maryland. Maryland's a 13.5-point favorite. Again, Tungavailoa is a game-time decision. I would not be surprised if they put in Billy Edwards from the start and just say, uh, Talia, you get rest. He, uh, Edwards has been decent. against. He came in in relief against Michigan, was 5 of 9 for 62 yards and a touchdown. He did not do well throwing against Indiana. Uh, he was 0 for 3, but he had five carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. So I think he has availed himself pretty well. I I think Maryland wins easy. I, I've got it 31 to 10 because I, I, I would imagine Edwards might start to give Tungavailoa a little bit of breathing room. So I think... I think that's what's going to happen for Maryland. Uh, I think they win by 21. I think it's easy. I, I don't think they need Tungavailoa to beat Northwestern. No offense to them. Big noon kickoff on Fox. Iowa at number two, Ohio State. Ohio State's a 29-point favorite, so maybe the odds makers are thinking like 31-2 to two is what the, the score is going to be. Um, this is... Just this is just gut feel. Ryan Day does not forget things, and so he's asked at a press conference this past week uh, about their last matchup with Iowa, which was in 2017. Iowa beat Ohio State 55 to 24. That was Ryan Day's first year as the offensive coordinator for Ohio State, and he said that game has left a scar. I think Iowa's defense is really good. But I think their offense is going to is going to sputter out a bit. I think this game's going to get ugly quick. I think CJ Stroud's going to throw a pick. But aside from that, I've I've got it I think Ohio State's going to win 45 to 6. And it's not going to be particularly close. I think the starters come out midway through the third quarter. And it's just it's going to be tough because Iowa's not going to be able to stay on the field. So I like Ohio State to cover and to do more than cover. Last but not least, the whiteout game, Minnesota at number 16, Penn State, 7.30 kick on ABC. Penn State's a four-point favorite. Tanner Morgan, again, is a day-to-day decision, a game-time decision. Uh, He had a head injury. Ethan Kalia Kamanis is the quarterback that would take over for Tanner Morgan. If he is the starter, Penn State will win by at least two touchdowns. Against Illinois, he was not good. Two of 16 for 17 yards, two interceptions. It was ugly. I... And listen, I think Illinois' defense is, is maybe a little bit more complete than Penn State's. Penn State's secondary is really good. And while I think Minnesota's running game, I think they might be able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit, they won't be able to do that like Michigan was. And their defense isn't as strong as Michigan's was. And so if if Kalia Kamanis is the quarterback, 
I think it's going to be a blowout. I think if Tanner Morgan plays, I think it'll be closer. I think Penn State, they're at home. It's the whiteout. I think I think Clifford, you know, he's he's inconsistent, but I think he's a gamer. And I, I think they know they've got to win this one to stay relevant in the Big Ten race. So I, I like Penn State to win. I think Morgan will play. That's my guess. I'm going to guess 31-21 Penn State wins. I think they get the running game going a little bit more. I think Singleton and Allen have a big day. And I, I think Brenton Strange and I think Parker Washington really – help this offense uh, as they get ready for, I think, a big showdown next week against Ohio State. So that's it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Again, leave a review, retweet, share with your friends. Make sure to send me send me an email, send me uh, your thoughts on these games. That'll, that'll do it. Take care. God bless. 